Welcome to Wednesday Comics. To my left, AP18 himself. Alex, how are you doing? Hello, everybody. I'm doing well. To my right, Mr. G-Dub himself. Garrett, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Wednesday Comics Podcast. My name is Marvin. Um, <laughs> a little hot off the docket here, but we gotta be hot, Alex, when we just got done with a shitstorm, and then I get news that we get another shitstorm brooming. Of course. There's no end of the shitstorms. It's been, you know what, the five weeks before Christmas, during Christmas, after Christmas, shitstorms. And the thing is, too, Alex, is like, they don't have an approximate time. Like, it's either gonna be Thursday morning, afternoon, or like Friday morning, and uh, Garrett is going on vacation, obviously somewhere mm-hmm. very warm, and we just hope the guy, like the flight doesn't get canceled, you know what I mean? Like, and hey he, man, don't, 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 don't bring that negative energy into you, this. It won't. What are you talking Garrett's about? Going... I said uh, we hope it doesn't happen. I know, the big but you can't even bring it up. And he's not even, no, he's not fucking worried about this shit. My, brother, my brothers who get paid to tell you the weather, uh, they don't know squat. I will use my, uh, I'll use my, you know what, uh, fucking boomerang. You're saying, Alex, (laughs) you're saying your brothers from other mother. Of course, of course. The weather. We're getting paid to the weather. Uh, Mm -hmm. They are trusting their machines instead of looking outside. Weather men and the weather women out there trusting machines instead of the eye. The hell yeah. You can look up and you see some nubilis clouds. Nubilis. Nubilis. <laughs> Uranus. You see, yeah. some, you see some conquistador <laughs> clouds. You know. <laughs> you know oh, that's some, incredible. Some water planets up there. And, and like, what is going to happen? I see. There's a lot of water planets here, so that obviously means it's going to drop. By the way, when I see obviously the water planets, we're starting to think convergence is happening, so we're fucked. Yeah, planet to planet. Space to space. Now, the and also I can't I can't read one report that doesn't agree on, on on how many inches, Alex. Like, I see three on some. I see up to a foot in the other one. Like, why is such a big range? That's the thing. As I worked today, people were going, "Yeah, I hear we're going to get like eight to ten inches." I thought, really? Because all I saw was two point five. We should be able to handle that. I think yeah. part of that, and this this is not a this is a jab at legitimate weather people. All they do is build fear. For what could or could not be coming. That's, I mean, no, that's what they always do. They cover every single base possible. So they're like, see, we fucking told you. <laughs> you can get zero to 78 inches of snow in that area. We should be close. Yeah. Did you not fucking listen? We said this could happen. Because <laughs> the silly thing is, that I struggle with it. And this is me being legitimate. I struggle watching the weather nowadays because they trust all these machines to tell them stuff. But even the machine doesn't fucking know what it sees. You're literally looking at changes in in jet stream and air currents and whether enough evaporation has happened and how cold the clouds really are when it hits the ground. You know what? Look outside. People, stop watching the news. They don't know. Part of me likes to believe that this bit's been running for so long on this show that Alex actually has invested enough time in learning about the weather (laughs) that now he is an official weatherman. Like, he knows enough to actually do. I very the thing is that so I lived out of town for many years of my life, and honestly, that's what you did. I would stand on the porch in the back, or you stand to look out the window, and you go, "Man, that is one motherfucking dark cloud." And then you see the, the lightning come across, and like oh, nubiluses are coming again. Yeah, the nubiluses are coming. <laughs> yeah, fucking nubs, man. So it's one of those things that I, I truly am telling you: look outside and just look. 
You don't have to believe it, but that is true. Your eye knows better. And look at the animals, what they're doing. When the birds are squeaking and squawking, you're fine. When it gets quiet, put your head between your legs and dust and cover. And if you look outside and a coyote is dressed like an old lady, like that just means snow's coming. That just means get the nukes out. Shit's hit the fan. Well, I think Corey's not going to answer because uh, the whole time we were uh, talking about that, I was calling. So we're just going to head and talk about what we're going to talk about with Autumn. He's probably yeah, just give him like five minutes and he'll. Like I was gonna say well, when we started to talk about this, I guarantee you also we're here. Boop, I guess those <laughs> one, and I'll be like, we just had this whole conversation. But uh, we were talking about before the show that Mr. John Barenthal has now. Well, I didn't, you know, I did the uh, the dumb thing, and whoever shared that, if it was Alex, I think shared it. Maybe no, nope. that was me. I didn't click actually on the article. Who was it that confirmed this? Hollywood Reporter, so obviously that's not 100% confirmed until Marvel says something, but they're usually right about everything. They say he's in talks, or he is going to? No, he is going to. Okay, so John Marathal mm-hmm. going to come back. Going to come back for... Uh, he's going to come back for the Daredevil Born Again 18 episode... I was going to say miniseries, but that's not a 18 episode mm-hmm. run on Disney+. Plus. Which obviously means that they want to address stuff that's happened. So is this, here's what I don't understand. All that happened before, is that canon or are they restarting Daredevil? They're, they're not confirming. Oh, Corey said to try again. They're not confirming that it's connected. They're just saying, like, we're doing something. This is hashtag guest host one. How may I help you? Why do we got to see your face? <laughs> hey, Matt, I don't know. I'm turning it off. I'm going to see this beautiful face. Corey, you are, it's, if you were five seconds earlier, it would have been perfect timing, but I will repeat. What we're talking about is John Barenthal being confirmed, not confirmed, but Hollywood report reporting that he will be joining Daredevil Born Again, the 18-episode series over at Disney+. Plus. Uh, and... Uh, uh, Garrett was just talking about that. Go ahead, Garrett. All I was saying is, like, they've pretty much said it's not connected, but that they're leaving it open that it could. Um, there's just two things. Um, you know, <laughs> Team Foggy Nelson and Karen Page, all right? When you decided to leave them in the rearview mirror, that was a bad sign. Bad sign. But we got Punisher back, man. We got, we got yeah. Daredevil. Kingpin and Punisher back. Like, are I mean, we are we honest, getting greedy? That is pretty great. Did you guys did all of you watch Punisher season two, the very last scene? Yeah. No, I need. No, I didn't. Don't, don't spoil it because I'm gonna watch oh, it. Oh my goodness, that got me hyped up more than anything. TV show project. So if they bring me that energy, but I'm still upset about Foggy and Karenite. And but it, I read an article. Hey, it's it not confirmed. Con- yes, that's what I was just gonna say. It still so. happened. Yeah, no one else could play Foggy, so they better figure that shit out. <clears throat> I think also like Seth Rogen could play Foggy. Dude. That's all he's good enough to play. <laughs> you know what? You know what though? Might not be bad. Uh, <laughs> it is kind of weird when any of these shows like not really get canceled but get repurposed somewhere else. Is that like you're like, oh, are they gonna bring back this actor, this actor? And then sometimes you like, I feel like we didn't get enough of that bullseye, and I think that guy did a good job. And, oh, in my, great. and in my head, I'm like, do you bring him back? 
or do you just get a new person? Like, I think I think the greatest things that those shows might have going for them is to find new talent. Like, that person, I, I don't even know who that person's name is, that actor. He's great, though. So, like, yeah, you could bring him back. Like, I just hope they don't go for names, on, like, for villains, like, as somebody established. Especially, like, a bullseye. Obviously, we're, if we look at the Ben Affleck movie, like, they go and get Colin Farrell, which at the time I think it was uh, not the best choice. He's a great actor, and you can see that with his choices today. But back then, you know, follow up Daredevil with SWAT, you know, this guy wasn't on a run. And he was, he, hey, you know, I love that. I love that bullseye. So, he was <laughs> not also... better than the season three Daredevil. Still really good. And uh, what else is around there? The recruit Colin Farrell we're talking about? No, we're not talking about Colin Farrell. And so, like, I hope they either bring this person back or they find somebody new and not just go and get a name. Like a Seth Rogen. Can you imagine Seth Rogen as Bullseye? Like, that's... Oh, Jesus. Uh, Uh, Oh, sorry, that was a doobie. (laughs) I know he's canceled, but it'd be like Kevin Spacey playing Dr. Evil and Austin Powers. It would just look stupid. (laughs) <laughs> right there, right, kind of right in the middle. God, season three, that Daredevil season three is still that's better Best. than any Phase Four MC show. Hashtag. I would say out of all those, yeah, all those Netflix shows, like that was the best <laughs> season out of all anything that they. And yeah. Phase Four MCU. And that, that that's a hard like if you've never seen season three, like season one is great. And so, like, mm-hmm. I excuse, yeah. So, season one's great, and I'm I'm talking with somebody who does agree that that first season is amazing, that the third season's better. Right. Oh yeah, first season is amazing, but yeah, there's like the only problem with season three is you have to get through Defenders, which isn't as amazing as the rest of the Daredevil show, but it's still all right. You there's still to. stuff to enjoy. You, you don't have to. I just watched the last episode. That was good. Yeah, get you do that life. too. Um, so I'm excited. I mean, this is probably out of all the news that has been circulating about Marvel's future. Like this is the Daredevil has consistently been the one that every announcement they make, I'm like, good. Like it sounds good, except for the 18 episode order list. I have no clue. That yeah, makes that's no nervous sen- thing. Yeah. That makes no sense to me. And like any worlds, like they just don't do that anymore. And so like, what are they planning to do? And there's no way those are going to be an hour. You're going to make 18 hours of content. God, I hope you just don't make Jennifer Walters show up in 15 of the 18 to give us that. Oh, Jesus. Or may, hey, may, maybe they do, Corey. Maybe they pull a, a Book of Boba Fett and have two Mandalorian episodes in it. You know what I mean? Have two She-Hulk episodes. Oh, God. All that. Gosh. Speaking of which, and I know uh, Alex could give uh, no more shits about uh, Star Wars, but... I did see that they caused a little controversy because people were like, hey, how come uh, season two and three, like, something happened in between here? And people were like, oh, yeah, I was in the Book of Boba yeah, Fett. Yeah, if you didn't watch if you didn't watch Book of Boba Fett, you're like, Grogu's back. What? You're like, what happened here? And the end of season two, he left? And now he's back. Uh, it turns out you got to watch a different show with some gangsters on hover bikes, and then you'll get the answer. <laughs> and uh, unnecessary spin moves. Hey, you know, you know, Biff's family tree spans generations. Okay, so don't don't mess with the kids on the motorcycle on the hoverboard. I was thinking, uh, Garrett, that the spin is not, um, not over the top because he was trying to bend the bullet like in Wanted, and uh, <laughs> it that it was lasers, and he didn't understand that. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I thought he was gonna break his back. <laughs> Corey, question: Have you seen Cree three? 
No, unfortunately, I was going to go see it this Sunday, this last Sunday night, but because there was a little snowstorm up in Cityland, I uh, was not able to go see it. I didn't either. I really but I did. To. I did rewatch Creed the first time since I've seen it in theaters, and just a fantastic movie. Um, did, did you go see it? No, I didn't. Uh, and I have heard good, good things about it. Uh, I think. It looks very promising. And that's a movie, like, after what happened, and we can agree to disagree. Actually, you know what? I think we all agree on this. I think that Jonathan Majors does a good job in Ant-Man, but I think what I've seen so far of Creed Three makes me want to go see that. Right. To see him do a better job. Yeah. Agreed. Right. Um, and then hopefully he does a better job going forward than what we right. But it seems like he's playing a different kind of king in each version. Obviously, we saw that in the... Uh, uh, something. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, was he giving spoilers then? Yeah, we weren't giving spoilers. Uh, something happens, we see, obviously, we know that he's going to have multiple. So. But so far, he hasn't played one version the same, whether, whether it be the Loki show or this. Um, so I kind of want to make, like, obviously we're going to get a different version moving forward, and I just hope that uh, it shows more of his chop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we have Shazam coming up. Uh, in, a couple, in a couple weeks, uh, 20... yeah, next week. Next week. No, seventeenth, bro. I guess it's next week. End <laughs> of next week. My statement stands. <laughs> you know, if you squint, because I got to see your face for three seconds. If you squint, sometimes you look intelligent. <laughs> I didn't. Corey, you don't well, have to. Well, I was going to say something, but I wasn't going to direct it at you. I was like, well, you could set Rhino as the number two villain of the Spider Man universe. Oh, snap! Listen, That's so mean. We both stand. And you know, the sad thing is that if it really hurt my feelings, I would be so sad. But I literally give two shits that you think number two shouldn't be Rhino. <laughs> I know, Alex, and I love you for it. So, uh, shut the hell up, Corey. <laughs> didn't you, you did, see how up. I do that? I, I diss, then I come back. Corey, I didn't back you pick time. the Hobgoblin or something? He took green what? and green for back-to-back. Green and green. Harry and then Norman. The true ring. Oh, yeah, he didn't pick Hobgoblin. He picked Green Goblin Harry Osborne. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, the man who died and went to Europe and then came back. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on what iteration you're looking at, yeah, I guess. Yeah. To be fair, Corey, last week's list, all I thought you were gonna have was different iterations of goblins. Whether yeah, there's, I, there's only goblin. four versions. There's only four different versions, so I'm capped, unfortunately. You know what? Let's think. And also, I want to I want to uh, addend my list and state that Kingpin should have been higher on that list. I watched Into the Spider Verse with my kids, and I'm like, this guy should have been higher on my list. Kingpin is pretty influential. If I'm going to make the same argument for Norman that he's bigger than Spider-Man and that's what makes him right. the strongest, Kingpin deserves to be up there. Uh-huh. And, 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 yeah. and when we talk about, like, on this show, Daredevil Born Again, like, having Vincent DeFario come back and play that role is just like, that's a win for Marvel moving forward. Give me, give me one episode where it's Vincent DeFario and then you got Daredevil and Spider-Man teaming up. And I was—that's what I was thinking. I was to say, I, I it, when I was watching that movie, I was just like, I just hope that the like they are planning to use them on a bigger scale than that show. Yeah, obviously, an echo, but I don't think that's that big. Um, that we that they say, hey Sony, let's make a trilogy 
building up to the third one is Kingpin and Spider-Man. Like, wow, fucking beautiful. Amazing. Let's get our right, Sinister guys, Six. Well, I have to cut the hashtag guest host one short for the evening. So again, uh, platinum tier of Patreon subscribers pay $13. You will get one minute of my time next week, not this week. Again, if you pay that same $13 for Garrett, you get an hour of his time because it's not as valuable on the bronze tier. <laughs> so once that's set up, go ahead and field your queries through there. This is hashtag guest host one signing off. There you go. I, I tell you when you leave. You don't cut me off. You don't say, sorry, I have to leave. I say you're done. All right? Uh, got him. We'll get him next week. Obviously in a vehicle of sorts uh, or He's either, he either was in a vehicle, Garrett, when he showed us his face, or he was in the back of a van. I'm not sure. Well, I guess they're both vehicles. I don't know what I'm, I'm saying. Either he was in the passenger seat or the back of a van. Oh, yeah, yeah, fair, fair. And if he's know. in the back of the van, somebody obviously was waving around a Spider-Man little ice cream, and he got in the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a green goblin. And he thinks he's going to Creed 3 right now, but he's actually going to a different kind of punishment, so. <laughs> Can the spider come out and play? Oh, want to play Vernon and Vermin and uh, Spider-Man? Oh, jeez. Uh, here we go for the week. Oh, uh, March 7th and March 8th. Alex, like, I, I, I'm telling you, we come in, we come in like a lion. We come in vicious. Normally, I shit on you for that when you say that every year that well, it comes in like a lion. No, no, no. Usually, it comes in like a lamb and leaves like a lion. This year it is by fact coming in like a lion, a real pissed off lion. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna once again blame the uh, sole person that we need to blame for this, and that's that uh, that fucking groundhog. Mm-hmm. He's the motherfucker. Like every year, he comes and does this. And how many times does he have to do it before? We got to teach him a lesson. See, I have a theory on that. What if the groundhog is actually uh, Mr. McDonald's and he's like, "Fuck, who you call that? Fuck, Marvin. Enjoy your winter. Enjoy your winter." And he's hide. He's hiding. He he is his covert operations is to be the groundhog because he basically has protected status. You know, he's not going to be out there in the wild. And he only has to show up once, one day of a year for work. This guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're right, it might be. I'm not kill- I'm, hey, either way, I'm, g- I'm killing this groundhog. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we gotta stop believing it. Because like he said, he brought in March like a fucking lion, and we don't know that. Speaking of lions, arc number one shot from uh, Matt Hawkins, Ryan Katie, Paul Feinstein, Altito Roja, and Stephen Sajak. Illegal poaching is a billion-dollar industry, a black market trade, violently interwoven with the bloody works of warlords and international traffickers. South African industrial heir Noah Edron has dedicated himself to battling this evil on two fronts in two separate lives. By day, he's an environmental lobbyist, an aggressive corporate reformer, and by night, Noah Lee's Ark, the animal rights collective, in an armed crusade against the criminal. Empire's responsible. Alex, what do you think? Sounds amazing. That's what I think. He's literally going up against Craven the Hunter. If Craven the Hunter was even more of a douchebag, and if Craven worked for a whole group of douchebags. I mean, that's fantastic. I will say Matt Hawkins is a great writer. 
while I was looking at the, the writing team, I thought, oh, you know what? I'm excited for who's writing this. I am interested in the story itself. And uh, honestly, let's see if there's some tears that come from my face. If there's enough mistakes and well-written, I will, I'm all for this. This should be good. And I will say also that um, the fact that uh, they came up with the acronym ARC, Animal Rights Collective, that's already a win. Yes, agreed. Agreed. And that's a good name. Uh, here we go. Uh, Blood Tree number two from Peter J. Tomasi, Maxim Seaman. Uh, Seabic, sorry. <laughs> Blood Spattered Angels continue to follow throughout New York City as Detective Arizaro and Diaz hunt for a serial killer whose body can't grow with each passing day. Garrett, what? Um, I was, you know, kind of skeptical going into the first issue. I was like, okay, here we go. Another true crime comic that's, you know, trying to do it the way we all imagine it should be done. And it came in and blew me away. Um, I think it's refreshing seeing, like, two detectives, like, hunting down a serial killer. It's, like, not superheroes. There isn't, like, this other big beat coming at you. But it's as simple as they're trying to hunt down a madman. He keeps making, he, like, sews wings on the people's backs and pushes them off buildings and, like, makes them land in the middle of, like, public. And trying to figure out who's doing this. And it's pretty intense, so I've been enjoying it. Uh, it was only issue one, so I'm excited for it. There we go, there we go. Um, from Dark Horse Comics, and they've been, uh, I believe they've been the ones responsible for reprinting the uh, Comixology originals. Um, but one of our uh, favorite comics, uh, Garrett, I'm not sure how far you got into it, but Clear from Scott Snyder and Francis Manipur. Finish the whole thing. There you go. Man, are you in for a ride. Uh, the not-too-distant future, mankind no longer sees the world as it truly is. The invention of neurological filters has made it so that one can view reality however they choose. Oh, Hollywood monochrome, zombie apocalypse anime, the possibilities are endless. Neo-shamous Sam Dunes is one of only a handful who choose to live without a filter. When the death of an old flame reveals, wow. Dunes is set on a wild and twisty mystery that will take him from the city's deadly underworld to an even deadlier height of wealth and power. Uh, like I said, the, the Comixology puts out those, and so if you haven't checked that out, I would check that out in print. That's my recommendation. It is. Alex, are you getting clear in issues? I believe it is on my list. Dude, you're in for such a treat. It was a fucking ride. Francis Manipul also, I believe, remember he had a little break a while back because his sister passed away. Um, and it, I, I think this is one of his first works back, and I think it uh, definitely deserves a spotlight because he's a fantastic creator, and he was hot for a long time, and then he had that unfortunate family event, and then he was gone for. So as I see, I want to see him get back to the stage of work here. And Scott, obviously Scott has been doing a lot of comicsology stuff recently, and I would say Garrett more hit than miss, more hit than miss. Yeah, yes, I don't know yes, if it's cause... on my list. Good. I don't know if it's just because he's like more focused on the task at hand and not trying to do too much. Because yeah, I've I have not found any of his works on the comicsology disappointing. I would like to know if anybody like those deals. Obviously, there's that, and there's um, shoot, Zdarsky, um, working on uh, shit. What's that book, Alex? You know. 
Yep, I know a lot of stuff. And what's the book he, he has about the superhero that like is not a superhero anymore? Uh, Public Domain was the book. Public Domain. And uh-huh. um, anyways, whether or not like they are given, what the parameters are that they're given. Obviously, in the, the publishing world, there's paper, there's real-world costs to making it longer. But in digital, I don't think it would cost any more. Besides server space, and at that kind of level, kilobytes we're talking about, it really is negligible just to be like, make as long as you want or make as short as you want. So it seems like they'll get to kind of follow the same kind of 30, 22, 28, 30 page. Yeah. I wish maybe if they like, uh, for instance, and I know uh, you guys aren't wrestling fans, but there's this wrestling promotion that people were like, their show started last week. And people are like, how long is your show? Is it an hour, two hours? But because it only streams on like their own kind of network, he's like, it just depends on the episode. You know, if this one's going to be longer, if we choose to, or this one's going to be an hour, like it'll be different depending on what we had to put on. And I think those comedy would benefit from taking a story and not pasting it to the same 32, but it'd be like, this one's 28, this one's 32, oh, this one's 68. You know what I mean? I think that would be... An interesting kind of thing to read. With the issue as the issue needs to be, not for what it's yeah, expected. Right, right to into those, norm. right into those plot beats instead of writing it to page. I think. Yeah. So, mm. be interesting to. Uh, those are the comics coming out this week that we we're interested in. And make sure to go to Rainbow Comics and Cars dot com. That's Rainbow Comics and Cars dot com. Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Lincoln, Nebraska. Anytime online at Rainbow Comics and Cards dot com um we have a book club Garrett. wednesday comics league of extraordinary gentle people proudly presents joe the barbarian issue four written by grant morrison with art by sean murphy um Man, this, is, this book's like uh allison jesus gazoon my man Man, you, you, you woke me up. Sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> I put the phone away from my face. So it's still me fucking loud. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, I feel like I'm with Joe in the, in the, in the house right now. Um, uh, we are down the Alice in Wonderland hole of uh, Joe's continued uh, sugar levels dropping. Um, because this guy is fading in and out between reality and his dreamscape, I would say. Um, and I, okay, I like this book, but it's getting a little like, it feels like how Stephen King writes his books where he's mm-hmm. just like, I'm going to write. And then whatever happens, happens. Oh, I, I agree. I agree on this. This issue specifically is yeah. the most Grant Morrison out of any of them. And it's kind of like almost to a point where you're like, this is what I was thinking. I was like, I don't disenjoy, like if I was expecting the pacing of change in this kind of manner, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind this issue, but it's such a di- divergent path from, I feel like the first three, I think three. Yeah. This is four. Mm-hmm. Right? The first four. three are fastly paced and like, there's an urgency to them. And then this one felt like, Oh, this kid's got some time to live. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, I feel like this is like, it's at least was 20 minutes of his time. Like, uh, I don't know what's going on. And there's, people talking and once again i don't think that any of this is bad but it's a little self-indulgent it's a little like 
how much does this serve the plot and how much is it serving your world building uh needs to like kind of flesh out every possibility and have quirky characters like i don't i like the, the characters in this issue specifically uh are a little annoying in terms of like was, was this neat the moment this is the issue that if uh Murphy wasn't on art, I would hate this book. As for writing wise, I I understand what's going on. I no longer care because it's confusing just to be confusing. Like you said, you added in characters that really serve no purpose. These guys took an oath to be cowards. They chose to be wieners and have now like enveloped that in their life that everything is scary as shit. And, I and think, this new friend we met for the party, I haven't taken my oath yet. I can join them on this fucked up quest. I do like that we got some new characters, because I think that's what the series has been needing so far. Like, I think Smoot is still hilarious. Um, but he's kind of a comedic relief. Um, and then we got a new girl character, so i like to see how her character kind of flushes out. But uh, the frickin' uh, astronomers, I was like, you guys are annoying as shit. Yeah. And they kept saying Zixie, and I was like, are you guys trying to trigger Marvin? That's as, <laughs> that's as close to that's as close to Mr. Mr. Mixlittle like you can get. And you know he loves him. Yeah, that's true. He does. Grant Morrison does love him. So. <laughs> uh, I will say that, like, and I'm guessing this is what happened because remember I told you I remember everything up until this issue, and that from this point on it was going to be new to me too. I think I, I might have dropped this book at this issue because I was thinking when I was reading this issue, I was like, if I was getting this in issues, I would drop this because of this. Issue. Because it's like, like I said, it feels like it's a, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. Well, here's the thing. It's hard to say because it's like, if you love this aspect of Grant, where it's like quirky and, and even the terms of like, let's live in that kind of quirkiness for a little bit. Let's meet these characters. Let's let them, as Garrett just stated, like say some nonsense word. And then you have other things, which is like all, all new, all, yeah, all new Superman. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I want to say all day Superman. That's not correct. Uh, all new Superman, where it's like very clearly paced, 12 challenges. He has a short amount of time to live. And it's like, these are the last days of Superman. Right. All star, all new. All new, all star. That's what it was. What did I say? All new. No, you said all, all new. I've read this book. I think. What is I it? I do. I do want to read a book called All Day Superman. Like, I, was say, I knew I all fucked it up, Superman. but I did not that's find the correct Garrett's word. Book right there. That's his bread and butter. All day Superman. But like the intentional pacing of that, and then in this, when when the last three issues have been such urgency, and the last one ends with him passing out on the stairs with water leading down the stairs, and that's why he thinks he's in a waterfall. To now have it a whole episode, a whole issue, and like, I don't know. It seems like okay, this is really like a like a stopper um, for where we're going, and maybe that's the case. And we kind of talked about it at the beginning. Like, did like I'm curious. Also, back in the vertical days, would was there a pitch? And like, they were like, hey, it needs to be at least eight, because um, it's eight, right? Uh yes, yeah, eight issues. This, I was like, is this vertigo? But you're right. That's why they have the DC other characters in yeah. it. Yeah. And this like this feels like a four or five issue. Right? Yeah. And I guess I'll be I'll be more interested to see whether or not we continue to build this world or if we just now move to it kind of feels like almost our last book, other than in a way, The Wake, where all of a sudden it's just like 
we thought we were on this kind of urgency. There was like all this kind of tension build up and it was very fast paced. And then all of a sudden you cut to the other story. And now it's about these world buildings, quirky characters. And you're kind of like, oh, this should have just been five. Um, I think we're in that territory. I want to see it recover with the next uh, issue. This issue, not bad. As you guys mentioned, art fantastic, coloring fantastic. Uh, I think what Grant does well at the beginning of this issue, he does well, and then at a certain point, it gets a little like, let's just have fun. And it's like, how can I, how can we have fun with these characters knowing this kid's dying? <laughs> like, and it's a time, yeah. time is of the essence, and yet we're gonna be now not have time. I mean, we're gonna mess around and waste time. So, uh, I just felt like it felt different from the rest. Was, I mean, I want to keep reading, but yeah, this is if it, I think I'm in the same boat. Like, if I would have been reading this uh, when it came out, got to this issue, don't know if it would uh, keep. I don't know if I'd keep getting it. And I and I felt like <clears throat> that I I started my journey with Jacques, uh, Jack the uh, the rat. And now I'm like, I hate it every time he's. Oh, like, let me get back to let's get back to the guy who like at the beginning was like, oh, this is cool how he looks and how he he didn't say that much and now he's just talking much. And that's, it's almost like uh, you finding you know Han Solo and Lando Carizian cool and they're like, hey, let's explain that. And you're like, no, no, I like the I like the mystery behind that guy. I don't need to know his whole life. There we go. Yeah. I still think it, it's worth re- going over. It's a nice kind of look at a vertical style because even though they have Black Label now, which we'll talk about a book from Black Label here in a second, but I don't think they're as similar as the vertical books used to be. I mean, all, A, for the most fact that they kind of lean towards mature superhero stuff versus as just being something like this. Um, and I don't know if this gets made in a, dark, a DC Black Label book. Like, this almost seems like it's closer to uh, uh, Jeff Lemire's Royal City, what Image would do. Like, if this came out today, this would be an Image book. It would not be That's a black label. I actually thought this was an Image book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The whole time we talked about it, when you said Vertigo, I thought, no, I thought this is Image. No, no. Like, not. back in the day, like, you can you can read them, you can learn about the Image story all you want, and then, like, there's definitely was a, when they first started <clears throat> a different mentality and a different kind of style as to what they evolved with <clears throat> when Eric Stevenson came on board. Um, but a lot of that they owe to Vertigo, because that was that style back then. Like, you were talking about Why the Last Man, Ex Machina, and so and, and Sweet Tooth, as we talked about earlier this year, uh, last year, and that's what, uh, and that's how it's become the image thing now, so like, I'm interested to see where this like, what's the payoff? Like, the payoff is he gets better or he doesn't. The payoff is not going to be something in that way. So how do you handle the next four issues? Like, how long is it going to take for this kid? Like, do you... I don't know. Like, it's like I'm saying, like, you basically have to delay him getting help for four issues. Well, maybe he blacks out and we get a new character. That's what I'm saying. I'm very interested to see, like, how do you keep this going for four more issues? I am excited to see if some, there's some twist I didn't see, and it kind of elevates the story back to being like, oh, yeah, I'm into this again. But, like, if it is this for four more issues of him crawling throughout the house and he keeps just, like, seeing other characters, I don't know how, if this is going to really land. We'll see. 
And I I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for him to actually become a barbarian. So far, he is kind of a, a whiny kid. While the other side of him is dying, the inside, the ultimate world kid, he's kind of a whiner. And I'm waiting for him to get like two double battle axes and start kicking some ass. <laughs> yeah, I'm agreeing. I don't know, Alex, if that's going to happen. I don't think that's it. So far, I don't think so. You're thinking of uh... Conan or Berserker or other things. No, no. What's um, Joshua Williams? Oh, I actually, that's the one that came to mind for me was Birthright. Yeah. Every time I read it, I'm like, oh, it feels like Birthright. And then there's something that I don't understand. Like, no, this isn't Birthright. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I guess we'll talk about this next since I did bring up Black Label. Uh, One Bad Day, Riddler, Batman. I think it's called Batman, Riddler, One Bad Day. Uh, uh-huh. by Tom King and Mitch Garretts. Uh, at oversized prestige one shot. They did a bunch of these for different characters. They had was in this issue I saw. Um, that they had a Catwoman one, a Penguin one, basically all of Batman's rogues. And then I think there was, nope, there wasn't just a Batman. Never mind. Um, oh, there's so many. There's coming out. There's Two Face. Mr. Freeze. A lot of good teams on them. I know Garrett is a fan of the Clayface team. Oh, God. It killed me to buy that in print. <laughs> but I had it for the whole... I got the whole rest of them in print, but I just had to do it. And Truth be... Yeah, I mean, I read it, and I was like, well, it wasn't the biggest piece of shit, but it was the, the cleanest shit on top of the pile. Was that Anna Sente writing it? No, uh, Jackson Kelly and Colin Lansing. Oh. But the murderers of Green Arrow. In this one, the Riddler... Uh, this is focused Tom King, Mitch Gerrads, the team that we saw last uh, in Strange Adventures. Um, half of that book, I guess you would say. Um, and I will say, as somebody who's been a fan of Mitch Gerrads' art and kind of seen it evolve from what it used to be to what it kind of became in Strange Avengers, uh, uh, Adventures, I think in this book it also is a little different. Like he colors himself a little different. Actually, I need to check. Is there a different colors? Um, because like seeing his work in this issue, I was like, this looks like Mitch, but also it looks like he's trying something there. And I kind of, actually, I enjoyed how this book looked a lot. It looked fantastic. I mean, I think it added to the, that is the Riddler. Like usually the Riddler to me is like animated series or like comics. I'm like, ah, eh, he's just a chump, you know, like easy to take out. But this one is like, a manipulator. Like I'm looking at him right now with the the green eye shadow and everything. I'm like, man, he's fucking terrifying. And he basically had a hate for rid- riddles because you couldn't be prepared for them. From a, basically, he got a PTSD of, rid- of riddles from his school days, and then eventually decided to, you know, as his professor kept telling him to do, you know, everything's not so serious. You gotta have play games once in a while. And so he started playing games with the Riddles, but then when he eventually finds his long-lost mom uh, that that abandoned him to an abusive father, and he he kills her, he realized, like, he he got all the answers that he wanted, and he doesn't need to do a riddle. And what kind of Riddler does that look like? Alex, what do you think? Um... <clears throat> I think, unfortunately, I went into it not... I didn't even read that it was Black Label, so then I read this going, what the hell is happening? Because as of the moment, the only way to win is to kill him, and Bruce obviously isn't going to break that. 
uh, you know, to begin with. There were things I enjoyed. The art was good. I did not understand. There was multiple things that bothered me. The let, scene where... Let me, let me ask you this before you give the example, because I think I know what one of them is. And if it isn't, it's one of my cripes. I'm going to say this first off, too. I'm going to get nitpicky about this one, mostly because I think it's... I think the writing is good, and I think Mitch does an amazing job, and I really enjoyed it. A little too long, I think. Um, and that's why I'm going to bring this up right now, Al, and see if we're on the same page. Do you, do you think at a certain point, when he's threatened to do all that shit, they just let him roam free, live free, and be out there, that somebody wouldn't try to kill this motherfucker? <laughs> the last five pages of this book is saying, oh yeah, he went and killed all the Don's wives, and oh, he threatened this person. Okay. At some point in time, the Dons would have hired someone else to beat the shit out of him and kill him. And I guess or, maybe, uh, yeah. like, the, I don't know. Because they talk about other people, like, bowing and, like, giving in to the Riddler, other uh, Batman villains. So, obviously, they exist in this world. And I kept thinking that same thing. Like, you tell me Mr. Freeze can't just freeze this, freeze this motherfucker? He's, like, bowing down to the Riddler? Or the Joker hasn't killed him? Yeah, I just I I question this book. If you shut that off and think like, oh, everybody's really, and I think they did do do a good job of making a very, um, compelling Riddler as like what happens when he doesn't care anymore, and like how does he now use his skills for the most violent thing that most violence that he can, and like how scary is the Riddler when he is not bounded by the riddles? I think that is a good idea. I just think that, like, once they established this was Batman, like, there was other villains and other, obviously other heroes and stuff like that, like, it's not set in a real world scenario, then you're just like, well, then, obviously, like, there's other things than men on this, on this, in this book, like, one of them could kill him. Where's Superman at? Like, this is where Superman should come in and go, yeah, you're a fucker. You know what? (laughs) I think it would have been better... If you kept it to everybody who's just a human was scared of him, like, but once like the villain started bowing to him too, I think that's when it kind of. But I was like, really, like Penguin, was it Penguin? It was somebody like that that was just like, or like Two Face, and I was like, you really think that like, Penguin, ha- like has so oh, many uh, people. Black Mask is Black Mask. Black Mask. That's what. And I'm like, okay. Like, well, <laughs> again, you know, since this is Black Label, it's totally like an alternate uh, take on. The legit Riddler. So, well, I guess so it, the two, well, so the two things I had, my two things I had issues with is the one guard that keeps asking the Riddler to give him more riddles, and then he pins his fingers with the tray of food, and then essentially snaps him off. Uh, that uh, no, that would never happen. One, they'd never give him a tray that was metal. And if your fingers got caught, you pull your hands back out. Pastrello, you're yeah. fucking back, brother. You even had one of these, and how long? And I, when I saw that happen in that book, in my head, I was like, is that possible? But then I zoomed past it. Obviously, I'm not going to pay attention to that. But I should have known that Alex Pastrello is going to bring up, whether or not with a metal lunch tray against a metal door, if he could cut off four fingers from each hand. And would he have enough strength to keep that guy without having to pull his fingers out? You know, like that's how- the thing. There's no, there's no way that the Riddler has that much leverage to pin his fingers. And the, it was a flat door. It's not like the top of the door was made of knives that just cut his fingers right off. And then the second issue I had, that one just blew me away. 
this is even worse is when the Riddler is being essentially going to be shot in front of Commissioner Gordon. And these guards are so afraid that they shoot each other and that he dodges all these and just lays on the floor going, huh, I wonder how I can make this riddle even more fucked up. There's no way that those guys would have all just shot the shit out of each other. You know what? I'm going to agree with you, but also state once again, when I saw they were all dead, I was just like, I don't understand how this happened, but I'm going to buy into it. And I zoomed past it. And I should have known that Alex would have been like, no, how did they all die? Like, yeah. I agree. I, mean, I, mean, I don't I think feel... they died. I just can't imagine how they all would have gone. Hey, I shot all my friends. Oh, and I got shot. How do you not go? Hey, yeah, the well, he does. One is on the floor. To be fair, he does dodge bullets in that panel. <laughs> I, I think that's more of like a kingpin move. Like you brought up kingpin. Like the amount of fear and intimidation that like people will do crazy things like that. Like I don't know how the Riddler was able to do that either. So I think that was kind of a stretch, but also very terrifying in this book. No, I mean, that's and what I'm like, saying. I'm saying like, I feel like, it, and usually you don't have to do this. Usually, like, with Tom King's works, you don't have to suspend your disbelief like this. And so it just seems very kind of like, I don't know. It seemed like there were, like, little details that they added that was like, I think this is not making it better. It's making it a little more less uh, less believable with these added things. But I think, <laughs> you know, the best part of all these books, I don't know how many of them you've read, is when they finally interact with Batman. Like, those last couple pages of the Riddler and Batman on the basketball court, like in the rain, fucking beautiful, I gotta say. Yeah, when Batman does that layup. Yeah, he doesn't do a fucking layup. Like when he throws it, he's, so, he's so tired of the Riddler playing basketball. He throws a battering through the ball of the flat. Come on. Right. He's like, what are you Bruce could have just taken the ball and just popped it into his face. Once again, I want to, like, I started this conversation. Let me end this conversation the same way. I really liked it. I'm just saying, it just seems very, like, I did have to pull myself back in a couple times, especially when there was, like, at the end, I was like, really, this one guy everybody's scared of? Like, I, <clears throat> there was, there was no pulling myself back into this, whether or not I liked it or not, for the what? fact that there's too many things that irritate me. It was fine. The art was, was very good. But this did not feel like a Tom King book, either. There was way too much, fun, like you said, I don't normally have to lay my disbelief. This was one of those things I had to go into being less of a picky person. But yeah, this all could really happen. No. No. Again, no. I it, I guess the best way for me to describe it is that it couldn't figure out what tone to take, whether it was like 100% serious, but then also like, oh yeah, everybody, once again, I don't know why I keep bringing it back to this, but I just can't believe, they never established they said like everything that he did that was ruthless, either was a threat verbally, but and then or like you heard about it, right? And I think they should have done more to establish being like, no, he, this guy is really fucking. Like he talks about a lot of stuff, and also, but also he's not a reliable narrator for me to believe he does have that. Well, so the main thing is that we're finally seeing what if the Riddler was as well prepared as Batman. And instead of thwarting things, he just kills people. Like when he kills the five uh, head families' wives, I'm like, how, one, how the hell did that ever happen? And I did have a question. And again, this was before I realized this was an Elseworlds book, is when he is telling Bruce that, yeah, who do you think gave Joker the idea for, um, oh shit, what is it? The killing joke. 
But he goes, oh, yeah, I told Joker about this great plan. Because, you know, Joker's not a planner. I told him he should go shoot uh, Babs and all this shit. I thought, did you? No. Someone needs to murder you five pages into the book. Because you're stupid. <laughs> I think that that's a positive. Because, Alex, that really affected that. You're right. You're right. The book, you're, and I'll give you credit. I if I wanted good. to murder the Riddler halfway through the book. Once again, I think it's good. It's just, I just like, uh, you really have to have a... A strong want to read it to keep yourself with it. I am now interested to read the other ones. Yeah, I would say that too. Yeah, I was looking at the other ones. I was like, "Hey, that sounds good. This sounds." Yeah, Bane's one of my favorite ones. The Clayface one, like I said, wasn't horrible. Boy, could have been better. And it's not the Clayface from the Harley Quinn show, right? No, acting. That was just me, Clayface. Uh, I was rewatching it because I uh, the new season I haven't watched yet. So I, I was like trying to figure out, be like, okay, where did I leave off? Because I don't think I ever finished the second season. Obviously, because of, uh, that's how I am. Uh, I'll watch all the episodes and then not watch them and be like, oh yeah, I never finished that. Um, so I just go, I and then but my HBO Max didn't save like where I was, so I just started at the beginning. Of it. Uh, and that show is uh really good, and uh, I'm gl- I want to see more DC shows based on like if they gotta do like a one shot animation, I want to see them take some. So whether you have some sort of anthology series that's kind of like this on there, One Bad Day, and uh, we can get something. Oh no, aren't they doing the animated series again, Batman? I uh, like the comic. Or am I crazy? No, on uh, on uh, HBO Max. No, that got canceled, man. Oh, yeah. I... uh, Warner Brothers Culling. That's right. That's right. It's sorry. It's being shopped around to different studios, yeah. which means it's never happened. God, let's hope CW running. Garrett, have you watched Harley Quinn, the TV show? I have not. I know it's on. You ha- hold up a second. I thought I was speaking to the choir here. Preach it. I mean, no, 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 Garrett, you I mean... need to watch this show. Bro, hey, I'm, I'm halfway through Legend of Ox Machina right now. That's the best so character good. is really Bane. I was going to say, character. when you said Bane and Clayface back-to-back, that's why I thought of that. Uh-huh. I thought I would bring it up because uh, uh, when I said writing is great, there's not a show or there's not anything, not even TV. This supersedes any kind of music. There's not anything in the world today that makes me laugh more than that fucking show. <laughs> Okay. And if you're a comic book fan, I think it's twofold. Especially as Alex just stated, Bane. Bane is fantastic. I mean, Jim Gordon is one of those characters that you normally think is is a goody two shoes. This book or this show, he is just as corrupt as everybody else. Yeah, he's a drunk <laughs> in a different way. And Garrett also, um, he's played in that show by Christopher. What's his name? Milani Milano. The guy from uh, uh, Law and Order. Oh, uh, yeah. The bald guy. Really? Yeah. Oh, crazy. Uh, and it's that's good. who plays Bane. No, that's who plays Jim Gordon. Oh, fuck! That's awesome. Uh, a comedian, uh, James Adomi plays uh, Bane, and he does it because they take the Nolan verse. Uh, he looks like Bane, which I appreciate the Luke Duchador mask. Uh, but he sounds like Bane from Dark Knight Rises, and so uh, <laughs> I think this is we, the dumbest. Yeah, 
I ordered the beef oh, oh, three weeks ago. Um, <laughs> you can't. Uh, you can't just take it. Um, oh, I'm gonna. Blow I'll it. watch that next after uh, Vox Machina. When you're done with Last of Us, you start watching that show. Sony makes fun of him while he's watching a game, a football game of the Pittsburgh, uh, the Gotham Knights. Where are the fuck? The Gotham Knights. And yeah. he's like, and I'll blow up that arena. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why he blew up the arena because somebody made fun of him, um, uh, and he chooses violence as a way to get back at people picking. Um, it's good. Anyways, where were we? At? Last of Us. You just brought it up. Good segue. Last of Us, uh, the penultimate episode uh, before the season finale. Uh, we get basically what is, I will say, the most. If there's going to be an episode that's more beat, 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 beat for beat exactly from the game, it's this one. Um, not, and that doesn't make it bad, I don't feel like. I feel like the performances in this episode, the way that it plays out, once again, I feel like it's like, yeah, I know what's going to happen, but it, it if you tell it in a way that has me interested, then I forgive knowing what's going to happen. Like, this episode, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and I think, like, yes pretty well beat for beat but they did change a couple things and like i still thought it, it was fantastic and, come on guys you gotta tell me now that you think bell ramsey is ellie like i'm like this episode not only i thought last episode like nailed it now it's cemented me that like she's doing amazing as ellie and oh, great. Okay. i mean I was just blown away. Like she is like one of the best actresses. I think her and Pedro that this, I could ever watch in this episode specifically make some choices that are better than the game. Like right in the game because I was watching some comparisons, and we're in the game. There's a point in which Ellie has to uh, say to the preacher character, the teacher, term David. preacher David. David. Uh, I'm going to fucking kill you. And in the game, she says it in a way that's kind of like subtle. I mean, like, I'm going to kill you. And in the show, there's so much rage behind the way that she says it. And she's like bleeding and stuff like that. And I think like in that scenario, that turns out to be more powerful than, than the way it was. originally. So there's things like that choices that they make. Uh, um, like in the game at the end, uh, Joel hugs Ellie and says, Oh, like she says something and he goes, oh, baby girl, like that. Oh, baby girl, like, oh, come on, like trying to comfort her. But in this, in the way that Pedro does it, he just says, he just says it. He says, it's okay, baby girl, it's okay. Which, in a way, I feel like he's more being like, I understand. uh, And I know, like, it's okay, you're safe. He wants to make sure that she knows that she's safe versus the other way. It seems like he's comforting. Like, he's not here, he's not trying to take that away from her about what she just went through, but in a way, being say, like, I'm in this more. So I think even, like, that choice to do that way is uh, better than the game. And I think also Troy Baker, who's in this episode, who is the original person who does Joel's in the game, uh, is a very good uh, actor in this episode. Yeah, it was, it was just fun, like, you know, irony. Uh, that he played James. I was really hoping for a second there that he played David, but maybe that would have been too on the nose. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought he uh, was going to play David, but I think they made they made the right choice. 
they did because everyone would be like, oh, ho, ho, because he used to be Joel. You know, it's like, whatever. But and they found yeah, the perf- he did great. I think they found the perfect David anyway. Like, that guy's a sir. One thousand. Yeah. yeah he, <laughs> I, dude, and he's on top of Ellie, and he's like, I want you to be my wife. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. That's, like, that's the thing that's, that was different from the game to this is that in the game, you never understand what his job is outside of he is just a person helping run this town where this one, he becomes a preacher after becoming a teacher. And when he finds Ellie, he gives no craps that she's killed any of his people. It's literally going, oh, I found someone. I, I can, He's a pedophile who needs to be put down. And he's, yeah. And, and, and like, and, I think they kind of hint at that he has people there ready that he's doing that to because that girl is very uncomfortable around him. Um, and, like, who knows? Maybe she he was sending her father out on those missions so he could you know, do that stuff with her when he was gone. Um, and the mother seemed like she was very much very uh, subordinate to this guy. And so, like, when you see Ellie and he's like, oh, okay, like, like you said, Alex, like, everything else goes out the window. So much to the fact that, like, he is already trying to, in a way, uh, like, say, hey, we're, we're equals. Like, he's saying, like, you are the only person who understands all this stuff like that and try to make it <clears throat> what he thinks is a choice, but it's not. Um, I think it is a very uh, a nice layer to that character because you know where he came from, and like these are two kind of occupations in which you should really trust them, especially uh, around children. And 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 to make that his background, I think adds to the fact that, if, like I said, they picked the perfect guy for them. creepy, and, and I think that part piece of writing too makes. Did yeah. you notice the little Easter egg that he says when he goes? Uh, we uh, he came from Pittsburgh, so in the game that's where Joel and Ellie kill all those guys. Is in Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, and that's mm-hmm. a big reference in the game and even in the show. But we obviously show up in Kansas City for that episode of the town or wherever you want to call it. I am always impressed by how very few infected there are, and I get for the game you got to have infected, you got to have bad guys to kill. But there was no infected at all. That's so, so this is me. I was to do a little mini segment. It's called my nervousness corner because I have two things that I'm a little nervous about. One being, yeah, there has not been an infected hardly shown since they left uh, Kansas City. Um, and that's not necessarily like the story. Obviously, we love the last of the story. It's not I don't think it's taking away from the show. But it is kind of this elephant in the room. Like, it didn't start out as an elephant, but now it's turning into an elephant. And I'm like, if you don't show an infected in this last episode, that's a problem. Because you're making this threat of the infected not seem like a threat because they're not even in the show. Um, so that is a little gripe I have. I, again, it's not taken away from my experience because obviously, you know, like you guys, my favorite part of the experience is like Joel's relationship with Ellie. Um, but still kind of an issue and my second one is are we gonna see that fucking scene with the giraffe i think uh, i doubt it huh? i don't think so dude i yeah. doubt it because that was supposed to happen before he gets stabbed uh when we see the monkey there was that scene about the monkeys no no you see no you see the it's in the may it's in the fall or the the spring when you see the drafts when they get to the last town all right which okay so like it could still happen but God, how do you not do that? That's like one of the most powerful scenes of the entire game. Like, how do you skip that? So when Marvin, when you're talking about in this 
in the show they did a better job of of Pedro talking to her and saying, "Hey, it's you know it's okay." I actually feel like the game did a better job. By the time we finally get this, like the first time he's really shown sweetness to her and that he wants to protect her, and she even says he was going to eat me. So part of it, he didn't know. I mean, yes, he knows that. But for this young girl to say he was going to kill me and eat me, that to me, when he's trying to console her, there's no way he's going to console her. He's just trying to get her to come back around. This one, when he runs outside, I actually felt like Pedro kind of phoned it in. Uh, it's okay, baby girl. I never got the the caught up in there. There was no choking up for me. There was no like, oh, you guys are finally connected. No, no, you guys connected three three episodes ago. I don't know. I didn't care for that part as much, and then they just kind of walked to the lake. As they walk off to the sunset of the lake, I'm like, dude, where are you going? Where are you going? But it made me cry. That's... No. <laughs> I thought it was it was a lot of like meaning, like there was subtlety, like where Joel like Joel knows what happened, because obviously there's blood all over Ellie. And Ellie walked out with the fire raging behind her. Um so that part didn't bother me as much. Again, I'm just I'm loving it worried about a couple things because I'm like there's one episode left and uh have they said how long I, that's gonna be I haven't I've seen some reports I don't know if they're true but I've seen it's only 47 minutes Oof. I'm, I'm a like oofda. that's short that's the only infected I saw because I did watch the aftermath or the after the show to show me the next episode there is a I imagine either a runner or maybe it looked more like a runner, not a stalker as the infected. If that's the only one that's in there, not in the game. That last part has the scariest long run when you're in that tunnel and you have to pass three or four bloaters, all these clickers, runners, some stalkers. Honestly, one of the scariest part in that game is that run through the tunnel. Yeah, um, I got a run time. Been... What is it? Fifty minutes. Jesus, that's that scary. Include, including the aftermath stuff. It's fifty or just minutes. Like... Okay. Oh, so. So yeah, it'll probably be. Well, that means yeah, they'll add like ten minutes to that for all that aftermath stuff. But that is a little worrisome because I feel like, man, I know it does. It's not going to be the video game. But I I need some more infected up in here, and I can't believe you're not going to show the people the giraffe scene. Like, but there's still a chance. I'm sorry. No, it, I, that, I, that I agree with you. Scene, I agree with you. It was just like the way that you said it made me laugh. God, okay. I'm just like they're not going to see the giraffe. That's dude, what that's it, fucking giraffe. They they do they call Easter eggs to that giraffe like the whole first game and the second game. Well, say they talk about that all the time, and in the game, and even when you get into that town, I don't remember what town they're in. Ba Boston? No, they're not in Boston. That's the first. Wherever they're going. Yeah. Um, they're going to the, like Seattle or Oregon. Okay, that's right. They're on the far west side. When you get to the town and you're looking at the oh, the zoo is just over here, and like oh, what am I going to see? How cool is this? And then when the giraffe walks underneath the bridge, you're like, oh, that's awesome. And then to finally get to that scene, because she runs away from you and goes, Joel, you got to come see this. And you walk in, and she's petting a giraffe. 
it is awesome. So you're, I'm hoping they do. Yeah, I would think that Neil Druckmann would be like, "Hey, this is at least this is an important part, a quiet before the shitstorm that's going to happen." That could that could be the cold open, and then boom, yeah. cut, last it credits, and then here's the episode. Um, I would love that. Like, and then like, the fireflies find you right after you see the draft. So I'm pretty sure it's pretty similar to how the game too. Not soon after, and you can make it so that Joel, in order to cause a distraction to go get Ellie. Let's infected in, or something like that. Obviously, then you would have infected. I, I mean, I don't understand how they don't show at least it one more. I know, and, and I agree with you. Like, there should be more. And like, as I said before, like, we obviously know the reason why they're not doing that because it's not the game. You don't need to be killing stuff, but you do need to establish what they could be running into. Because they keep talking about how like. They're being very cautious in <clears throat> everywhere they go, but they have yet to run into anything. And so at a certain point, you're like, okay, like, where is it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like Jurassic well, Park where you're like, you do got dinosaurs on this ride, right? <laughs> well, that second episode, like, how many freaking infected and, like, when Tess dies, like, that was scary as shit. And then it, like, leveled off. Then we went to Jackson and Arkansas City, and uh, we got that scene at the end of the house, which was very, I mean, it was like a five-minute scene. I was like, okay, cool, and then it's been literally no infected for a while now. And we, had one, like, we had one in the last episode, but it was only yeah, one infected. But, and well, it's yeah, one. Right. So, I don't know, I just think that the infected world needs to have more of a presence. Well, that's one and, thing, is that the, the infection seems to have taken a, a second seat, and that was the whole reason for this apocalypse to have happened, is that it was so easy to contract the cordyceps, and now it's easy enough not to get anywhere near anything that can give you it. So, so yeah. that's the only part I disagree with this episode. They should have done that scene with David and her, like at least in that little hut, just fending off the zombie or the infected at least until James came back with the medicine. Like you could have given us like, I know it seems like a waste of money, but like, again, this you this world takes place in the post-apocalypse because you're running away from these you know, infected, and I'm like, there's been no infected. I see one. Even even if they didn't have to fight them th- themselves, but say like a clicker or a couple runners had come running by the hut and they hid from them. Yeah. At least let me know that there were some still running wild in the vicinity, and then yeah. maybe we hear some gunshots as James was walking back up. Right. I thought we were going to see the deer was infected, but then that even turned out. Well... You don't want to see that, because then all the wildlife would be infected, and then everyone would die. Last um, You know, I kept thinking when I was, we were, I was watching this episode, <clears throat> I kept thinking back to not the TV show, but the comic Walking Dead, and when Cartman set that up, that he's like, I want to do a zombie story that doesn't end, right? And, like, but in order for that to happen, you have to have a lot of filler. You have to have a lot of characters who you can, like, cycle out. And, you know, kill and bring new characters on. You also have to build them up. And, and then eventually, at what point is it more of a formula than it is? Anyway, so I'm thinking about watching this show. And I was thinking about the rules. Like, when Kurtman started writing that book, he said, A, I just wanted a comic book that doesn't really have a definitive ending. It's just going to go for it. And then, two, there has to be a zombie in every single issue. Uh, and sometimes there's something scarier than zombies and that's human. So I keep thinking about those three things when I watch an episode here and be like, 
obviously it's not going to go forever, and I do love how they are very lean with this storytelling and not doing a lot of uh, filler because I don't need... Like, I, I, I probably could have done it if they did season one in two seasons, but then also you think about, like, can you expect this level, this caliber of storytelling if they're finding stuff to make episodes about rather than saying, hey, here's the story. And then B, I was thinking about the Kirkman thing saying you've got to put a zombie in every one. It's a zombie book. How can you have a zombie book without zombies? Um, and being like, I guess I feel that way also, like what you guys are saying. And then also there's part of me being like, but would that take it away from that, that actual story of this episode if they're just a random clicker scene? But I, but I, like, once again, I, I'm with you guys. This is, you got dinosaurs on right um and then the third thing i would say that the uh the recycling of characters like this story lives and die on these characters and you can't really like cycle them out um and so i do like that the things that they cycle out instead of being the heroes and last of us and the way to keep it lean is that we're cycling you cycle out the bad people because the worst person is actually the guy we're and I think in this episode, when he kills, obviously directly from the game, but like I think in the show it does it better. That torture interrogation scene, the game does it fantastic. I'll say that. But I feel like the uh, when he kills the second guy, oh no, I believe your friend. I think Pedro did that part better, and then the game did the other. Um, I, I really love that scene because I think yeah. people need to remember that. Joel said we did some very bad things to survive. And like that is the through line of this show is what would you do to survive? Like what like where how evil and like how dehumanizing can this environment be for somebody that eventually, you know, you just that's what you become. You be you get reduced to this. And we saw that with uh with um uh, who was the uh, Mary Ann? Kathleen. <laughs> and when we saw her and like the way that she got reduced to, and then you have now David, who somebody who becomes consumed by power and so much so that he has to find it in every way possible. Uh, I think you're uh, like in these things, you're showing what happens when you let these things go. And so I like that scene in the game. And then also now, because it kind of gives commentary to what's going to happen in the second part of the story. And when somebody else learns to, you know, start bringing happiness back into his life and how that leads to something where then somebody else lets all the hate into Right. Um, and so I'm interested, like, I think in, in that sense, this episode, I feel like, did a good job of setting up those stories. Word. No, I'm excited for the finale. I'm just, again, nervous. That's okay to be nervous. I agree. I'm nervous about it, but I, I guess I, I can't expect it to be the three hours of gameplay that it is for us as it is for what the show needs to be. Uh, by the way, that torture scene was phenomenal uh, in a horrible way. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. I... Don't make me pop your kneecap off. Well, that, I think that's the thing. They, you get to watch him jam that knife in his leg. And when they did such a good job on their um, makeup and their techniques, where when he pulls it out, it looks like he it looks like he just fucking stabbed the dude in the leg. Going, hey, uh, Jack, this is really gonna hurt. Here you go. Oh my god! So I'm telling so, you, like 
the same way I was, you know, cry, I was uh, side eyeing the Riddler for the two things, the the killing of the all the cops and uh, what was the other thing? I forgot. Anyways, the finger break. Oh yeah, the, the finger, finger the finger break. It's the opposite with this show. I'm almost like whenever something like this happens, I'm almost like, oh yeah, there's nothing, there's no complaint there, and I guarantee you, Alex is loving it. I when she when she breaks David's finger, I mean I, obviously from playing the game I knew it was coming, but he does a good job and she I mean obviously it looks like she broke his finger in her life even so I'm like hey, I respect these these uh these choices they're making are fantastic. Like I feel like in a in a lesser uh person's hands, this show would be like I guess I guess I'm more Walking Dead caliber versus as where it is right now or it's. it's transcending genre i would say in like if you had other people in charge of the show they would have made ellie break off it and you'd be like hey how's she that strong but you're right alex like when she breaks his finger for a second i was like oh it doesn't look like it's broken because i'm expecting it to be exaggerated like as it would be in any other show but instead it's realistic and i'm like oh yeah that's what it was like well and even when he grabs her face and he bashes her into the metal bars Instead of it being just a little trickle of blood, she's bleeding profusely from her face. Yeah. So it, it, they're doing a good job. There's things that I want from it, and I'm getting... I have to remind myself that I've played the game so many times. I am exaggerating things. They're always testing something to kill. And, and when, In this show, there's quiet moments. When Ellie does eventually kill David... Spoiler. We've been getting this whole time. Uh, when she kills David at the end, and she obviously has more... It's a real we'll call it a rage kill and like once again that also sets up some foreshadowing about what rage does whether whether you feel it's justified or not that they feel that so um and can you come back or do you let it so there's a lot of good things and i think they they benefit way more than the game because i'm not sure how much neil knew about part two like how much he had written out before uh he even made one I don't think he even thought of two up until he made one. Uh, obviously, because it's called The Last of Us, and then that one was called Part Two, and they went back and did the remake and recalled it Part One instead. They pulled the Star Wars, um, <laughs> but the show does benefit from knowing what's happening in the future, so they can set up these subtleties. And I think it does make it better overall as a story because you can see these things building uh, where they'll eventually. And I say this with the uh, most vagueness of stuff, so you guys who haven't seen it or play the games. If you haven't seen the show, then why are you listening to it? <laughs> I think that's everything, right? Wednesdaycomics.com? Uh, yep. That's the place to go, WSC. That's that's going to be the capital of my world, Alex, WC. Washington, WC? Washington, WC. Washington, Wednesday. WednesdayComics.com. Go there, subscribe to the show on any of your podcatchers of choice. Today we're going to go with uh, Podberry.com. Congratulations, Podberry. Uh, Please go to Twitter at Karat2188 and ask them how you get your pride. Uh, I don't even know if there's anybody. Podberry is a a website that puts out podcasts. They basically just take other podcast feeds and like puts them out. Aggregator, we call it, Garrett. You understand? Yeah. And uh, for some reason, I get emails for them to claim our podcast on it. And I'm like, I don't need it to sign up for another email for these podcasts. <laughs> so you're the winner this week, Podberry. Uh, here's me promoting the show and, and doing what you do. 
Um, WednesdayComics.com. Subscribe anywhere you want. Like I said, Podbury if you wanted to. But at Karat2188, that's his email, Twitter, at the AP Keaton. That's where you find this Pastrello. Don't get confused. What is this Keaton? AP Keaton is nickname. Right? Exactly. Not my real name. Or is it? It's because his initials are AP. And I was like, AP, like AP Keaton uh, from Family Ties. And then I became Alex. So, you're welcome. That's a little backstory. Uh, you can find me at Wednesday Comics. I'm still active on there as Wednesday Comics, but I, I uh, refuse to have my per- uh, personal one. So, Elon, uh, it, it, once once this guy uh, delegates and gets out of there, maybe I'll come back. Who knows? <laughs> but, by the way, I have seen an increase. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Roots of the Swamp Thing.com. Roots of the Swamp Thing.com. That's Roots of the Swamp Thing.com. Get to know the uh, avatar of the green. Uh, this guy is underwater. Nope. Well, I guess he technically. Oh, that's. Yeah. No? Okay. Hey, I guess he's Swamp Thing, so he's in charge of all. Li- no, hold up a second. Animal Man is part of the red, which controls all the flesh. The uh, gray is K. And then you have the green. So the green has to be charged to the blue. Alright. There you go. Roots of the Swamp Thing.com. I bet he would know over me. Uh, or could also go to RainbowComicsAndCards.com and get those issues and you can figure it out. Maybe it even says in there that the water is part of it. Because I guess there's shit floating in the water like algae. So it would be. algae and seaweed, so why not? Right. I'm going to ask that, right? I'm gonna, that's when I would tweet right after this show and people are be like, what the fuck are they talking about? And then if you listen to the show, you'll be like, oh, that's what I swear to I'm going to be like, is Swamp Thing connected to the sea? The ocean? Obviously, I feel like lakes, yes. But oceans and seas, who knows? Maybe too salty. No, because oceans, I would imagine, not so much are going to get more of like coral, which is actually animal, so it'd be red. Mm-hmm. Just flesh. A lot of red. A lot of decay, baby. A lot of decay. On that floor, that floor bed, that seabed, they call it. Floor bed is what I'm going to call it, but seabed is usually what's called. Um, on that, there's a lot of decay. So that guy's going to. I think that's everything. I think you got it. I used to write this down on a board and look at it and say it all, and then I was like, oh, I remember it. But I've been trying to, like, change the order in which I do them, and so I totally now forget if I do. But, uh, do you do the phone number? Calls, uh, 605-215-1849. There you go. At Wednesday Comics on Twitter and WednesdayComics.com. More information. Good show. Uh, some good quality stuff out there. Some good quality H2O we uh, had this week. <laughs> Gear, I, I, the other day, felt a little headache coming on, a little heady. And uh, drink uh, 20 ounces of water and uh, it Ooh. went away. You got to cut Killed the- yourself right up. Listen, and, and I was doing bad that day because you cannot be reactionary with your water intake. You have to be habitual with it. That's right. Don't even you let your habitual slap that in the face and drink that. Don't water. even let your body fucking think about having a headache. <laughs> you are you're creeping up the headache on me? No, no, no. Have you met my friend H two O? He's gonna beat the shit out of you for yeah. even insinuating that a headache could come aboard. Now Do you I know, know how much of him is in my body. That's what I'm saying, and I had forsaken him, and I hadn't returned his calls for a little bit. And so the headache had a chance to creep up to the door. But luckily, my friend HTO has a fucking key to keep him in the back, and he fucking knocked this guy out. And I did not have that headache. So, 
Once again, thank you for introducing me to this guy called H2O. For many years, I lived in the hell of dehydration. And uh, I didn't know why. You've been like, man, I got a headache every day. I don't feel good. Turns out, you know, your body is 90% water. And uh, it doesn't just make it on its own. All right? Right. So yeah, yeah Coca Cola does not replenish your body's water. It probably so. does like point zero zero one percent, and then your body's like, "Holy shit, guys, we got some." It's almost like that scene in X two when Magneto's like, "Oh, your iron's high today." That's what your body's like. He's like, "Oh, I found the water," and I was barely. You know when you know when you're poor and you're driving your car and that fucking light hits. And you go, okay, how much do I got? Now I got about like 20 miles, probably 25 until it hits E. And then you're like, okay, I got to get gas for then. But then it hits E, and you're like, can I make it two more days? That's where my body was with water. <laughs> I was always on the verge of passing out. Oh, but not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. For Wednesday, well, I'm Kyle. glad you found Aquafina. No, no, hold up. I have a, that's a whole different conversation. I do not drink Aquafina. No, I'm kidding. Aquafina is gross, but I mean, I don't drink any. I don't drink any kind of purified water. Yeah, that's just gross. Because it doesn't have any of the TDS, the uh, the total dissolves solids, and so it actually doesn't quench your. There you go. There you go. So always drink spring, or from a natural source, or just drink your tap water, which is from. For what sometimes it mixes with the naughty stuff. Instead, be careful drinking just out of the river. Sometimes there's a dead deer all over the No, I mean, obviously, you would you would get like salmonella. You would go get a, a. I mean, obviously, you would go get a a, a, um, a bottle desalination right? kit. Like oh, if okay. you go to if you go to Circle K's, which I Circle K's all across the the United States, they all carry this water from the uh, the. Bases of a volcano has like a little runoff river, and so they sell volcano water. And I'll tell you one thing: I'm not fucking around here. This is gonna sound like a joke, and every single person I tell this to thinks I'm joking about drinking volcano water. But I will tell you this: a, it's not more expensive than the other water, so you can give it a shot. B, it's the most delicious water I've ever had. For Wednesday comments, mm-hmm. my name is. I'm Alex. I'm Garrett. Everyone, keep turning those pages. Watch out for the storms. We'll see you later.